welcome to Living In, With, and For Christ, a podcast dedicated to looking at the things around us from a Christian perspective, seeking to give glory to Christ in any and every situation. Today, Pastor Brian and myself will be discussing practical ways to cultivate the peace and hope of Christ in our lives. Good morning, and thank you for joining us uh, today, Pastor Brian, and I'm going to speak to you about uh, cultivating peace and hope. Yeah, we're going to be gardeners today. Perfect. (laughs) Get your gloves on. It's warming up outside. Let's get ready to go. But stuff like that is actually very similar to a garden. You know, with any garden, we grew up, I grew up in a small farm, and we had a huge garden. And you got to pull the weeds, you got to cultivate the ground, and there's that intentional work if you want to yield fruit. And even though it's in the righteousness of Christ and we attribute all of it to the power of the Holy Spirit through God's Word, there is a responsibility that we have. And I know that we can kind of like argue theologically about semantics in that, but there is a part that we play. There's a part where we are cooperating with the Holy Spirit. So we're not going to get into that theology, <laughs> but I'm just going to give you some practical ways because we had a, I had a question uh, as a pastor. You know, this last year has been difficult for a lot of people. And I know you and I have talked off mic how difficult it was for students. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, and the depression rate is off the charts. And what was interesting is I came from Minnesota and there were several um, facilities that would house, you know, clinically depressed people that they thought were in danger. And those beds were full for several months after, you know, wow. after beginning the school year. And they were mostly freshmen and sophomores. Oh my gosh. So there is this aspect of, of depression and are we going to get back to a normal and, and all of that stuff. And so I thought that this was really applicable. And so we're going to just do three practical ways. Um, I'm going to be a little transparent <laughs> and, and kind of let you into the, the, maybe the crazy world of Pastor Brian Ricky and, and, um, yeah, some of the things that I, uh, purposefully do to do that. And so we're going to be looking at Psalm 34. And uh, I love that psalm. Uh, just a little bit of background. King David wrote the psalm. Um, he was being persecuted by Saul. <laughs> he really didn't ask for that type of hatred. And he was running from Saul. And in the midst of being unjustly accused and Saul's jealousy and his paranoia, as it was all focused on David, you know, he didn't ask for that. Right. And so he was being um, persecuted in an unjust way. And I think that many of us can resonate with that. With sickness, I mean, we never, we never ask for sickness. Absolutely. We certainly don't ask for diseases like cancer or anything like that. And so this really applies to those situations. Yeah, and we can't, we can't control what other people think about us either. And that's no. the same thing with David here. Exactly. He couldn't control what, what Saul was doing. No, but David did everything he could uh, to win Saul over and to submit to him. I mean, it was his king, you know. And, right. With Saul's paranoia and whatever he was dealing with at the time, he just persecuted David. So that's where this psalm comes out of. So Psalm 34, we're going to look at verses 1 through 8. And I just think there's three sections in here that kind of gives us really good practical advice. And so we're going to begin by reading verses 1 through 3. Could you read verses 1 through 3 for us? Sure. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. I love that, where he just begins to, he, he starts praising. 
And if you've ever, have you ever thought about it? And we, uh, we did a Bible study last night with your students and your athletes. And, um, I really appreciate what one of the students said that, um, gratitude and anger can't exist in the same space inside of a brain. Right. And I've never thought of it that yeah, way. And that's, that's it's true. And you yeah. start really thinking about that. I actually did a little research and there's a lot of people looking into this, you know, and of course the world's going to use like meditation and things of that nature, but we have something to celebrate that is beyond anything this world has to offer. And it's salvation in Christ Jesus and the great God who keeps his promises. I will, I love, I will bless the Lord at all times. And I always yeah. kind of tease the congregation. You want to know what that word all means in the Hebrew? <laughs> means <laughs> it means all. all. <laughs> I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When you're praising God, it's hard to say something negative. You know? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> if yeah. you're constantly thanking God, constantly praising God, continually praising God for who he is, getting your eyes off of your own situation and your own issues and putting them onto the great God who has saved us through Christ Jesus. So praising God. Um, also, I, uh, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. So humility is a part of this. And if you think about praise, when you raise your hands, you know, what's the picture you get? You know, it's kind of like stick them up, you know, yeah. it's a yeah. place of surrender. You know, and so if there's a criminal caught, you know, he usually will lift his hands up, and that's that's a sign of surrender. As we surrender our will to the Father's will, that cultivates humility and then brings peace to our life as we praise God. So do you, so do you think, going back to that, I will bless the Lord uh, all the time, says praise is content to be. I mean, God wants to be praised. He hmm. want, And a lot of people say, well... I mean, that's kind of narcissistic. Why would I want to worship somebody that wants to be praised all the time? And I guess my question is, does God want us to praise him all the time because of the results yeah. of what it does? It's for the for our benefit. Yeah. You know, and he can't have a narcissistic thought. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's perfect, loves it, but that's a good, it's a good yeah. point. We, we oftentimes will humanize a divine God, right. and we can't do that. We can't bring sinful human traits and place them on a loving Heavenly Father who loves us perfectly and has, is void and absent of sin. Right. So anything God can't do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he can't even tempt you to sin. He can allow you to be given to it. But he can't tempt you, as James talks about, you know, in the book of James, where there's a difference between God allowing us to be tested and him tempting himself. Let right. no man say he's tempted by God when tempted by evil, because God has nothing to do with evil. The devil is the author of evil and all the destruction that's in this world. Right. And we need to understand that. And I think by praising him, and then, you know, if we understand, if we can understand, and I think praise is a part of that, the greatness of God and the greatness of what he has accomplished for, for us and the blessings he does give us, man, I think our, our picture of God begins to expand. You know what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. And I think that's really, really important. And I think that's why verse two, uh, verse 2 is important. My soul makes its boasts in the Lord. What has God done for you? You know, what are the blessings that you have? You have a beautiful wife, a beautiful family, two beautiful children. You have a, a job that's mostly good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you, you, you were able to get up and walk out of your house and get into your vehicle yep. this morning. It started. You, you're in a beautiful house. All of these things, you start to remind yourself of all of the wonderful blessings that you have. Right. You know, and even if, in, if something bad were to happen, like say, for instance, I got cancer, I would praise God anyway. Uh, there are several people that I've come across in my life that have taught me how to praise God in the midst of injustice. 
And I think that's important for us to do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think I think there could be a uh, a class that needs to be offered on that. I think it would take people a long time to get to that place in their life. Yeah. the The hard part is you have to die to yourself. Yeah. You know, and any 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 selfish or contradictory idea, or any idea that contradicts the will of the Father or the will of the Word, we have to die to that. You know, Mark chapter eight talks yeah. about take take up your cross and follow me. He would he who saves his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake and the gospels will find it. Yeah. Oh man. And wow. so that's that's the heart here. And that's you know, David's got some bad qualities. He was a horrible husband. <laughs> he was a bad dad, <laughs> but he was a good king. He really was. And he had this heart of praise and he had this wonderful abandoned trust in God. That I admire, you know, David and Goliath, you that story and, and all of the times he put himself in harm's way to not only protect his sheep as a, a young boy protecting, you know, his dad's sheep, but also how he protected Israel and the namesake of the Lord. And he just had this abandoned trust that I want. Absolutely. And, and you look at David and his life and, and all the bad things he did. Mm-hmm. But he still had that heart for God, and and I think that applies to us too. Could we do bad things every day, whether we mean to or not? You you may, we, but I know. <laughs> yes, we do, and yes, I do. <laughs> and and it just goes to to I just want people to realize that you're not losing your salvation and gaining your salvation on a daily basis. You're once you're saved, you're saved. Your honesty doesn't change your salvation in Christ. There it only there changes yep. the facade and the denial that you have built around your own mind. Wow. Great way to put that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And sometimes that house of cards needs to fall. Yeah. And we need to be exposed to the reality of who we are. But the reality of who we are in Christ is we are saved, we are redeemed, and we are loved. And this world is not our home. And the promise of eternal life is absolutely secure because it's dependent upon Christ and not us. That's worth celebrating. Do you do you think that that back then David realized this world wasn't his home that he was in? I do because if you look through the Psalms, I mean, how many Psalms, Messianic Psalms, did he write? He wrote quite a few. Right. Psalm twenty three, Psalm twenty two. You know, all of these different Psalms that point forward to the for, to Christ. Crucifixion didn't even exist back then. He's talking about hands and feet being pierced. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a powerful thing. So. Even though he was a king, he actually operated a little bit as a priest and a little bit as a prophet. And that's why David is such a powerful figure in the Old Testament that points forward to Christ's ministry. The prophet, priest, and king. Exactly. And so it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture. And so especially the fact that before he became king, he was a shepherd. And again, that points forward to Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, who is at the right hand of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so get your eyes off of yourself. Praise the great God who has saved you through Christ Jesus and continually do that whether you feel like it or not. Now, verse 3, kind of this is where the rubber hits the road. It's kind of hard. This is where we invite someone else into that. Right. So I had, this happened to me just last week. I had a really bad day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put this into practice. And so I called my friend. I'm like, hey, um, this is what I'm teaching on. This is my situation. Would you just praise God with me over the phone for a couple of minutes? And we did. And and it was funny because after we were done, he's like, I needed that too. Wow. You know, and it was another pastor friend of mine who serves, you know, up in North Dakota. And it was so much of a blessing to do that, to bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ, as Galatians chapter 6 says. 
You know, can you imagine how different this place would be if we did that on a daily basis? <laughs> if you just got together with someone and just say, "Hey, just give me one thing." Yeah. Just just give me one praise. Yeah. You know, what's what's just going so great for you and that you can give God the glory for? That could change your whole day. I know. And one of the things I suggested to the students last night was find that praise song that almost brings you to tears about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, find like two or three songs that just pulls you out of that funk because I can't sing. I mean, I can, I can try, but when they say make a joyful noise, yeah, that's that's you got me. <laughs> I got the noise part totally covered. But I'm going to do it anyway because in the ears of my loving Heavenly Father, through Christ, it's beautiful. Right. Just as maybe my, my two-year-old granddaughter would sing totally out of tune, it's beautiful. Right. You know, just that expression. It's mm-hmm. that childlike love to God. So praise God. That's, the, that's where we begin. Um, next, you know, Remind yourself that God hears you. God hears your prayers, your cries for mercy. So you could, could you read please verses four through six? I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look at him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. So verse four, what I love about verse four is he didn't change the situation, did he? No, he delivered David from his fears. And really, that's it. You know, I I can't even count how many times it says, do not fear in scripture. It says a great deal. I have not given you a spirit of fear to fall back into slavery. I've given you a spirit of freedom. You know, wherever the spirit is, there is freedom. And so in the midst of praise, God inhabits the praises of his people. Fears have to leave. Fear cannot exist around a holy and magnificent God who has saved you in Christ Jesus. And I think that's what's so disheartening today is the number of people you see living in fear right now Yeah, because of this. And if, I mean, it, it just, it's sad. And it's yeah. not just secular, it's in the churches. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's sad. No, and um, I know that that's part of the reason why I came to South Dakota is I wanted to be able to be in a place where I could fight for our constitutional right to praise God in any and every situation, regardless of whether I put myself in harm's way or not, because I would rather die preaching the gospel than stay safe hiding in my bedroom. Right. Not going to do that. So, and that's that, maybe that courage that I've been praying for from David, because David just went out and and put himself in harm's way. And I, it's not that I want to go test God. I'm not going to go around licking doorknobs or anything like that. You know, (laughs) I stopped that too. You know, and I'm I'm, going to wear masks when it's appropriate and when I can be respectful to other people, but I myself am not afraid of that. Right. And if I die, praise God, because I get to go home. Yep. And so there is no fear. What can man do to me? I have salvation in Christ Jesus, you know? So... Allow God to take your fear through your praising of him and reminding yourself of who he is, the creator of the universe. Verse five, those who looked at him are radiant. And I get that picture of Moses as he spent time with God on Mount Sinai. You know, he would come down in his face, had that that Holy Ghost, you know, tan, I call it, you know, (laughs) where he would be radiant because he was in the presence of God. And it, it actually caused fear in the people of Israel. And so they made him wear a veil. But have you ever met someone who's just on cloud nine that just said a great thing happened to him? Maybe an athlete oh, that just yeah. totally did what they were supposed yep. to do. And they're glowing. But this is really where I love, because if we can do this in the Lord, man, what a sermon you can preach. Oh, just man. through the, the countenance of your face. Just through walking around. I know. Yeah. The joy of the Lord is our strength. 
And so those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. <laughs> I see so many Christians walking around with like that puddle glum face, like, oh, woe is me. Yeah. Or Eeyore, you know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and who we, wants to be a part of that? No. And that's, that's not attractive to anyone. No. And it's not that we're selling Jesus. So don't hear right. me say that. I, I hate consumerism in the church. But the thing that I'm saying is that if you want to proclaim the excellencies as Peter prescribes in First Peter chapter 2, your face and your countenance can preach the loudest sermon. Yep. It's amazing. Um, verse 6, and this is where we just really understand who we are. This poor man, this poor person cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his trouble. Now, again, our situation might change, but the promise of eternal life is secure. No one can take that from you. And so there will be a day where Christ's wounds will heal you. It may not be on the side of life, but it most certainly will be on the other side, where we will live in perfection and in paradise, a place where death is no more, no more masks. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's amazing whenever you always see uh, the elderly elderly, whenever they get to a point where they're getting close, they, they seem to get a peace about them. Mm. about death. I, re- I remember uh, Kim's mother, you know, she prayed that, that God would heal her cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has, because she doesn't have cancer anymore. She's yeah. not here, yeah. but she doesn't have cancer anymore. But the, the toward the end of her life, you just saw a sense of, she just kind of enjoyed living. Yeah. At that time. Especially if, you know, well, if you're a believer, of course. Right. You know, and I've met several. um, When I first, um, before I met you, when I started at Calvary, there was this wonderful woman named Diane Pester. And um, by the time I got there, her cancer had reached its terminal state and she was in hospice care. And so it was just a matter of weeks, basically. Mm -hmm. And I've never met a more courageous person who had peace in her life. Um, Also, Reggie, if you remember Reggie, the way way that he praised God and trusted in God, even in the midst of his suffering uh, in in battling cancer. And he was, was that brought on him unjustly? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the the world we live in because we live in a sinful and fallen world. And cancer and those those diseases and natural catastrophes are all a result of sin. And so that's that's Satan's, you know, he wrote Absolutely. that book, you yeah. know. He is the small g, God of this world, as Jesus said, you know. And we need to remind ourselves that God is not up there arbitrarily punishing people. We shouldn't be surprised that these things happen because we live in the midst of sin. Right. And unfortunately, it just happens. And I wish it didn't, but it does. Yeah. But here, the poor man cried, and the Lord heard, heard him and saved him out of all of his trouble. Um even if your situation doesn't change, your attitude, your mindset, and your joy will change if you follow these steps. Praise God. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. The last section is reminding ourselves that we are never alone. We are never alone in the Lord. Uh, could you read verses 7 and 8? Sure. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the, is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And and even though you went a little further, that was good. There's this this aspect of provision that God gives us. And so I love verse 7 where it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Wow. You know, it's like those who trust in God, you've got someone 
right next to you, you can't see that is watching over you. There are angels in charge of protecting us and guiding us and ministering God's will in our life. That's really comforting to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just knowing that we are not alone. Kind of go over your example of what is a healthy fear? Of him. Oh, yeah. You kind of gave last night. Yeah, that was a great question, by the way. So um, this is the example that I use. You know, you you have a truck, right? Right. And were you afraid of that truck as you walked up to it and got in and started it? Absolutely not. It's a big ram. Yeah. But we we do not endorse any products on this show. (laughs) Um, But has there ever been a time where you were drowsy and you were dozing and you heard those on the side of the road? Did you get afraid? Absolutely. Boom. So that's the difference. So we're not afraid of God, but when we're getting off track, that fear causes us to get back on track with the Lord. And so I think there's a, a it's a good analogy. It's never perfect. Is there a t-shirt in that? God's my rumble strip. Man, I, or, yeah, there we go. <laughs> New swag for the show. That's my rumble strip. I love that. Oh, that's funny. Oh, maybe we should say God's word is my rumble <laughs> strip. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. But yes, yeah, so that's kind of it. We're not afraid of God, but when we get off track and we put ourselves into a possibly a place of judgment or we begin to put our say, ourselves in a place of rebellion, we should be afraid. Absolutely. That's a good thing. God disciplines those whom he loves. And when I was a kid, I, I feared discipline. <laughs> Yes, 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 and my kids did too. Even though I love them, and I never disciplined them out of anger, right? Because I wanted to show them this this reality in Scripture that God disciplines those whom He loves, and so I never disciplined. And my thank kids goodness out of anger. God doesn't discipline us out of anger. Yeah. I mean, and can you imagine the? Di- I mean, just think of the difference. I mean, I've been disciplined out of anger, mm-hmm. and I've been disciplined just because I deserved it, yeah. but it wasn't out of anger. And it's two totally different situations. It is. One is is very. I don't know, uh, didactic teaching. The outcome is different. Yeah. Yes. You, you learn. Yes. And it's, it's, you're learning in a, in a positive, loving way where the other one is just humiliation. Right. You know, and so just, we got to be really careful how we do that. But God always disciplines perfectly because he's our loving heavenly father. But I love verse eight where there's this participation and it's, and it's real. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I always think of the Lord's Supper. When I think this, you know, what a wonderful time where we can get on our knees, praise God and experience the grace of God through this mysterious means of grace. And we can do this and it sustains us and and gives us God's grace in the forgiveness of sins. And I, ah, what a beautiful thing. Right. And so there's an element that we are participating with God in this. And I think that if we think about praise, reminding that we're not alone and just continually remind ourselves that God hears us, all of those things, I'm telling you, if you do that on a regular basis, it's amazing how much joy you will actually have. And you will begin to cultivate the peace of Christ that does surpass all human understanding. Wow. Well said. All well right. said. <laughs> good, good place to end. Well, thanks yeah. for joining us. Uh, next week, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4 and talking about some more practical ways that we can cultivate the peace of Christ in our life. Thank you for joining us. Please invite a friend to listen on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are streamed. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the practical ways to cultivate the peace and hope of Christ in our lives. God bless you and have a great week.